from sea to shining sea in the United States and around the world on the internet. Welcome to a 65th episode of InfoBlips. My name is John Hanks and I am the host of this podcast. Today's date is December the 18th, 2020. Stand by for verifiable, factual information. At this time, I'd like to give a shout out to our listening audience in Ireland, specifically a place called Leinster or Leinster. Thank you for listening, and please share this episode and all the rest of the episodes with your friends. Hey, as you guys are aware, we do have sponsors on InfoBlimps. One of our favorite sponsors, because I like the product, is Yancey Seals, the founder and CEO of Triple D's Barbecue Sauce. Hey, Yancey is doing a great thing, guys. We always told you his barbecue sauce was wonderful. We even told you about different recipes we use with it. Now, Yancey has baked beans. Those things are great, man. I was like, oh my God, no more trying to doctor up some baked beans. All you gotta do is go to TripleD'sBarbecueSauce.com and order baked beans from Yancey Seals. Hey, and listen, Yancey's also growing, man. I'm so proud of him. Every CVS on the West Coast will be carrying his products. That is amazing. And I can't wait till he gets to the East Coast, but I don't care because I can order it online. But every CVS on the West Coast is going to be carrying Yancey Seals barbecue sauce and baked beans. Hey, attaboy to Yancey. We're very excited about your growth and really looking forward to exponential growth of Triple D's Barbecue Sauce in the year 2020. Remember you guys, TripleD'sBarbecueSauce.com. Not only does he have barbecue sauce, but now there's baked beans, man. Woo, can't wait for y'all to get some. It's great. Remember, that's TripleD'sBarbecueSauce.com. And hey, if you have a small business and you'd like to uh, be a sponsor on InfoBlips, please contact me via my email. That's infoblips, the at sign, activist.com. That's infoblips, the at sign, activist.com. And I'm also giving a shout out to Amazon Music and Audible for picking up infoblips. Thank you very much. Okay, with all that being said and done, let's get down to what's happening in the United States. Well, hmm, I don't even know where to start again because there's been so much. Uh, the President uh, Trump has been on his um, destruction tour, that's the only thing I can call it, uh, his tour to destruct the democracy of the United States by stating that he was not uh, beaten badly by Joe Biden in the election. Now listen, here's the thing. I said in two podcasts ago that Donald Trump was going to wait or attempt to wait uh, until the electors made their, their votes. Well, he did. And there was a Hail Mary play that he tried that did not work. Uh, Now he's attempting to have the Republicans on the floor of Congress object to the numbers that Mike Pence has got to give him the number. Well, Mike Pence has got to deliver the election uh, results to Congress and Congress has to verify them. Some of these Republicans are saying that they're not going to verify them. This is an assault on democracy, plain and simple. And those Republicans that refuse to carry out their portion of the democratic process, then they should not be in Congress. And there should be some type of sanction or, and and I really don't know, I'm gonna have to look it up because this is ridiculous. Look, here's the thing, Donald Trump lost. There was no fraud. If there had been fraud, 
hey, yo, I'd be with it. But he didn't prove it. They, and actually, the lawyers that went to court never went to court on fraud. They went to court on stipulations around flaw, uh, fraud. And I don't know, it just was not egregious. And they didn't have anything that the Supreme Court federal court judges, Republican federal court judges, said, hey, this is ridiculous. And also, um, Rudy Giuliani should be disbarred along with, what is it, the attorney Powell. They should be disbarred for frivolous lawsuits and lying to the Supreme Court. This is this is serious business. This, this is our democracy. This is the, the, the cornerstone, the, the, the footprint of our democracy. And Rudy Giuliani and the Republican Party that backed that play actually just attempted to destroy a democracy in the United States. See, we think this is just, you know, it's the way everything's supposed to be, but it's not. The, our democracy is extremely fragile. And if you look in the Constitution, if you look at what's going on, it's extremely fragile. And it doesn't have to be here. Things can change. Things can change with people like Donald Trump, an authoritarian that's attempting to take power in this country. And the Republicans that don't have the backbone to stand up to him, also, they are seeking power. Political positions is not about power. Political positions, regardless of either side you're on, and I've been on both, regardless of either side you've been on, it's supposed to be about helping the people, your constituents that put you there, and attempting to make this a greater nation. But that's not what's going on now. Um, this is what happens also when you get a businessman in office. I'm a businessman, so I can tell you, the only thing that they care about is the bottom line. Okay, profit share, bottom line. That's how Donald Trump is, except for he's there on an egregious level. And yes, he is biased. And yes, he is a racist. It's just, he's proven that. I'm not calling him that. He's proven that. And we're gonna take a look back on, on, on Donald Trump and what he's done to America during his time in office. Because everything that he promised, with the exception of cutting taxes on his rich, corrupt, corporate capitalist friends, he didn't do. He just didn't do. And I'm gonna look at some numbers and statistics, because as you know, that was commentary. However, I deal with verifiable, factual information that actually verifies my position. And it's like I've said to a lot of, I've been talking to a lot of uh, white supremacists uh, online and uh, people who support Trump, and they begin to call you names and throw things at night. And I tell them all the time, this is something I learned early on. Don't raise your voice, don't get angry, support your position. If you can support your position, you don't have to raise your voice and you don't have to get angry. The people that you are debating with will know that you are beyond reproach. However, if you start raising your voice, yelling, uh, calling people names, that's extremely juvenile and it shows a lack of experience and education. So let's start with Donald Trump's, one of his major uh, campaign promises when he was uh, running in 2016 uh, was the trade deficit, the monthly trade deficit, the United States trade with all other countries set a record high in August for more than 83 
billion with a B dollar. Now, when Trump was running for office, he blamed the trade deficit on bad trade deals negotiated by his predecessor and unfair trade practices by other countries, but most disagree. They do not agree with that explanation of our trade deficit. Okay, so the new figures that were released that I, I reviewed uh, the United States trade gap is on track to exceed, exceed 600 billion with a B dollars this year. This would be the highest since 2008. And if you remember, that was just prior to the global financial crisis. So what is a trade deficit? I mean, we hear all these words being thrown around on TV and on the radio, but what is a trade deficit? The trade deficit measures the difference between what the United States imports and exports. Now, we in the United States use a lot of goods and services from around the world, resulting in an annual trade deficit that has grown dramatically uh, at, from a mere $6 billion in 1975 to what is predicted to be $830 billion this year. Now, if you remember uh, in 2016 when Donald Trump was running for office, uh, his, uh, what is it, his house trade advisor, Peter Navarro, uh, predicted uh, that he could erase in one year or two years the trade deficit. And well, here we are four years later, and we know that that was an empty promise. Now, trade has been depressed uh, since the coronavirus uh, compared to other years. And when you say it's depressed, what does that mean? That means that people are buying and trading less because people are, are, are using less. And um, in the United States, the reason why is because people don't have the finances to buy the things that they need. Other countries during a pandemic are paying their citizens about 80% of their normal income per month. Other countries are giving their citizens $2,000 a month so that way it will help out during this unique and dangerous time that we have with COVID-19. The United States gave a one-time $1,200 for individuals a stimulus payout, which is embarrassing. If you look at the around the world, the other industrial nations, this is embarrassing to have Congress fight over whether they're gonna to continue to pay people that are off work because of a pandemic. And also, if Donald Trump and the Republicans had their way, they would have ended their health care. That is not my commentary. Those are facts. And if you recall, uh, Donald Trump said that his, he would pile on tariffs uh, on China and selected other products like aluminum and steel. Most of the noted economists said that that wouldn't work. And guess what? It did not. Now, according to economists and political reports, that the large trade deficit is fundamentally driven by larger economic factors like the fact Americans spend more than they save and have to borrow to finance the difference. Now, one thing that contributed to the problem is Trump's $1.5 trillion tax cut to his corrupt corporate capitalist friends in 2017. So it's been reported that uh, this year, Congress uh, approved more than $3 trillion in additional spending to help the U.S. economy recover 
from the coronavirus pandemic, tripling the budget deficit. Now that was not the trade deficit, that's the budget deficit. Trump's attack on China and his trade war with China uh, did have severe consequences. China basically retaliated and they had only imported $69.5 billion from the United States farm manufacturing goods compared to a $80.2 billion that China purchased the year before. So that affected the United States farmers. They were seriously hard hit. Trump's tariffs war on China and his administration's um, doled out more than $20 billion in emergency aid payments to help cushion the blow. However, most of that did not go to the small farmers. As normal, the help went to the huge corporate farmers. The smaller farmers had to sell and most of them sold to the big conglomerates. So let's put this into some kind of perspective. There's a lot of numbers floating around. So to make it understandable for myself, I looked at and researched how much China bought from our farmers before Trump was elected. Now, and here's what I found. Prior to Trump being elected, the Chinese bought $25 billion annually after Trump was elected and started his, his tariffs wars. The Chinese only bought $6.8 billion in fiscal year 2019. Now, when you hear me say that um, the Trump administration bailed out the farmers uh, $4.5 billion. That is taxpayer money, you see. So basically, to cover Trump's behind, he spent taxpayers' money to bail out the farmers. Let's just call that corporate welfare, okay? Because that's what it is. It's welfare. What happens if your job closes and your unemployment runs out is somebody gonna bail you out? No, look at this coronavirus thing. Is our government helping us? You answer that question. Are you being assisted by this government during the pandemic? And when you look at your counterparts in the EU, they're being paid. They may not like closing their businesses and they may protest about that, but they're able to buy food for their families and pay uh, rent or mortgage. So Trump's handling of the trade deficit was an abysmal failure. And the people of the United States, the citizens of the United States, are paying for his inadequacies and him being inept. And that, of course, is my opinion. However, look at the statistics. Do you think he's been doing a great job with our, de with our deficit, with the trade deficit? Look at the statistics. Don't listen to what... He's telling you, don't listen to what the Republicans are telling you. Hell, don't listen to what the Democrats are telling you. Look at the statistics. Look at the numbers. It was a, an abysmal failure. Okay, so look, let us let us just break this down. I got to make it real simple because I want to get on to some other things. Uh, Trump advocated for greater trade protection and imposed uh, a series of tariffs against China, Mexico, Canada, and the European Union and other trade partners. His administration justified these policies on three grounds, that they would benefit American workers, especially in the manufacturing field, and that they would give the United States leverage 
to renegotiate trade agreements. So since those are the matrices that the Trump administration said they should be judged by, let's judge them by this. So number one, who paid for the tariff? Now, the Trump administration said that foreign companies are paying for the tariffs. However, multiple studies indicate that that's not the case. The cost of the tariffs have been borne almost entirely by the American household and American firms, not foreign exporters. While estimates vary, economic analysis suggests average American household paid somewhere from several hundred dollars up to thousands of dollars more per year, per year thanks to higher consumer prices attributed to the tariffs. So the Trump administration, administration said the tariffs would create more jobs in America. Yet overall, when economists have attempted to add up the net effect of Trump's tariffs on jobs, any gains in importing competing sectors appear to have been more than offset by losses in industries that use imported inputs and face retaliation on their foreign exports. And even those jobs that have been created have come at a great price to the United States taxpayers. Studies suggest that American consumer paid about $817,000 in higher prices attributed to the tariffs for, for every job created in the washing machine industry and $900,000 in the steel industry. This is per job while policy intervenes. So all in all, the Trump administration failed in all three areas that they said they would accomplish. And see, here's the thing. Simply because Donald Trump is a businessman, that does not mean that he understands trades and deficits or understands the United States system which it's obvious he obviously he does not um the thing is the american taxpayers are paying for his failure so let's move on to uh trump's next campaign promise the border wall that mexico's gonna pay for remember that chant remember that who's gonna pay for it mexico when they were saying that, I went, these people are so brainwashed. Well, flash news bulletin, Mexico did not pay for the wall, or at least the part of the wall that Trump is continuing to build. So when Donald Trump took office um, in January 2017, barriers along the uh, Mexican border, or the border of Mexico and the United States, uh, about an 18-foot wall, iron fencing, and, you know, makeshift vehicle barriers and barbed wire uh, it, they ran along about 654 miles of the 2,000 miles of the United States border. And most of that is in Mexico. I'm sorry, most of that is in California, Arizona, and New Mexico. And most of the land that had not had walls built on it was in Texas, along the Rio Grande River. And much of that is privately owned land. Privately owned land. Okay, so all you people that are out there that are... Trump supporters saying, you know, you, you give us liberty or give us death. The Trump administration wanted to take or wants to take land from people in order to build a meaningless wall. So 
flash news bulletin, that would mean that the United States government would have to purchase and seize the land along the border. Now this land uh, that we're talking about cuts through cities, uh, farms, uh, farmland, deserts. It just, it's a various amount of places and across the Rio Grande. So now if you remember the Republican platform stated that the wall must, and the word must was emphasized, cover the entire southern border. And you might also remember that in Trump's State of the Union, uh, he stated and he promised substantially more than 500 miles would be completed by January 20. 21. So how many miles of wall did the Trump administration complete? Basically, they completed, uh, according to statistics and reports, the Trump administration has built 423 miles of the wall along the southern border. That's a far cry from the entire southern border being walled off. So you ask who paid for the wall? Once again, the American taxpayer. Just over $5 billion in funding uh, came from Customs and the Border Protection, uh, plus $10 billion in Defense Department spending. That's a shame. That, that's a total shame that he took money from the Defense Department in order to build a wall along the southern border that he actually only built 423 miles and it really is not a deterrent. So well, I wanted to know what military projects were not completed due to this administration's failed experiment along the southern border with Mexico and the United States. So in Virginia, the state's cyber operation facilities at Joint Base Langley will lose $10 million. Navy Shipyard Maintenance Facility in Port Smith will lose more than $26 million to build Donald Trump's wall. Now, the interesting part was that he took money from the cybersecurity to build his wall, and the United States right now is going through a horrendous discovery that Russia attacked by hacking into several extremely important and sensitive departments. So once again, um, that was another failed promise made to the American people, although the American people that supported him should have understood and knew that that wasn't gonna happen. Mexico was never gonna pay for any wall to keep us separated from them. And what I've spent this time explaining is that the presidency of Donald Trump has been an abysmal failure. Statistically, if you look at all the numbers, he didn't, the only thing he achieved was cutting taxes for his rich corporate capitalist friends. And believe me, I'm a capitalist, but I'm just not a corrupt capitalist. And I'm gonna move on real quickly. Remember I talked to you guys about QAnon and how dangerous they were? I have a podcast that says QAnon, the most dangerous cult in America. Please search that out and listen to it. QAnon is now moved, come mainstream now, which is extremely dangerous. Um, also, that Trump supporters uh, are saying that January the 6th, uh, there's supposed to be some big brouhaha. I don't think that's going to happen. It's just that Trump supporters need to understand they lost 
but these guys are violent. I'm, I'm really serious. The ones, the Proud Boys and uh, the Boogaloo Boys, these people are very, very violent people. QAnon is a very violent group. Intelligence and the FBI have been looking at them for quite some time. They've been on the radar for a while now. That's according to the report that I read in January of 2020. Okay, so that's about it for today. I'm very thankful that you took time to listen to this podcast and to support me by listening. I also ask that you follow me on Spotify, that you follow me on um, Amazon Music. You can also listen to me on Audible. Um, You can also find the InfoBlips podcast on TuneIn Radio. Um, We're just about everywhere. Apple One. We're growing and I'm very thankful for the listenership. And for my international audience, thank you again. Shoot me an email and I would really appreciate hearing from any one of our audience, all of our audience, (laughs) at InfoBlips at Activist.com. That's InfoBlips at Activist.com. I do plan to do one more podcast before the end of the year, or actually before end of Christmas. Um, And it's going to be a joyous one. It's not going to be about politics or anything like that. I'm going to attempt to get my family together, and we're just going to say Merry Christmas to everybody. Hey, listen, um, be safe. Wear your mask. Please be safe. And it is Christmas time, and this has been a horrendous year for a lot of people. So if you have an opportunity and if you have the wherewithal, please give to shelters, homeless shelters, places that provide food for people. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, around the United States, people are standing in lines waiting for food. This is, this is something that we have to fix. Anyway, thank you very, very much. I sincerely appreciate you. And remember, go out and make it a great life. See you guys. Thanks.